Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Flores with myself, Stephen Spelm. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Stand chum, the bearded legende, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Lee. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 334. And as always, thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show and also to Paul Terry, who very kindly came on uh, and had a great chat with us. This week, we've got two games to review. Uh, so I think without further ado, let's just crack on. And as always, we start with a word from our podcast sponsor. We certainly do. The podcast is sponsored by Carol Angley Florists, who are a florist based in Chinkford and they have been serving the local borough of Wolfram Forest for more than the last 70 years. They're here for all your needs. They can do anything from bespoke wedding events to family funeral tributes to birthdays, anniversaries, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, graduations, anything you want them for, they can do it for you. And hopefully you all know by now that if you order with them and say you are an Orient fan or an Orient member of staff, you get 15% off, which is a massive saving. So if it sounds appealing to you, you can get in touch by calling the shop. You can give them a call on 0208 529-4130. You can go and look at their website if you're online at www.carolangley.co.uk or you can go on social media where you can find the team on Instagram at carolangley florist, on Twitter at carolangley e4 or you can find the team on Facebook under Carol Langley florists indeed you can uh, obviously worth giving a quick mention and a reminder that if you've got a business or a product or an event that you're looking to promote we can really help you to reach a really broad audience get in touch with us and find out about some fantastic options that we have uh, available to you quick update from the supporters club there are no away games for a couple of weeks now um, so it's three home games on the trot next uh, Saturday is the 4th of November. We've got Carlisle at home in the FA Cup. Kick-off for that, obviously, at 3 o'clock. The doors will open at the Supporters Club at midday. Then on the Tuesday, the 7th of November, we're at home to Portsmouth in the EFL Cup. That's a 7 o'clock kick-off. Doors for that one open at 5 o'clock. And on the 11th of November, we entertain Oxford United. Kick-off for that is at 3 o'clock, and the doors will open, as always, at midday on the Saturday. Lovely stuff. Only one piece of AOB this week is a thank you from us at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers to Walthamstow Pete, uh, who gave us a lovely five-star review on iTunes. So thanks for your kind words there, Pete. Lovely comments from yourself. And also a massive thank you from us to Johnny Epstein for his comments about the show on Spotify last week. So if you're on iTunes, please, you can uh, leave us a review and you can subscribe. And if you're on Spotify, like we say, at the end of every week, you can give us a rating and you can also comment on each and every episode. So very easy to do. So if you're listening on either of those platforms, get involved. Let us know what you think and give us five stars. Indeed. Happy Monday kicks off the week that was the 23rd of October. And today we remember with great honour Clapton Orient goalace Richard McFadden, who passed away on this day in 1916, so 107 years ago, after being severely wounded by a shell blast the previous day. We will remember them. Yeah, also on Monday, and as mentioned at the back end of last week's uh, episode, Mark Devlin had hinted towards it on Twitter, which we mentioned. It was confirmed by the club that the replay against Lincoln City will be taking place at Brisbane Road on Tuesday, the 21st of November. This one kicking off at 7.45pm, so not, not too far away, that one. Yeah, a lot of mixed reviews and reactions to that, I think it's fair to say. The Young O's, uh, third piece of business that happened on Monday, a busy busy start to the week. The Young O's were drawn at home to AFC Sudbury in the first round of the FA Youth Cup. 
Cup, sorry, with the fixture date to be confirmed. So a busy Monday uh, yeah. at the club. Moving on into Tahuay Tuesday, the 24th of October. The club confirmed that Emmanuel Harvest has joined St Albans City on an initial 28-day loan deal. Wishing Manny all the best. His loan spell will be keeping an eye on that one. So yeah. good luck to him and St Albans City. Absolutely. But the main event of Tuesday was Northampton Town away at... 6.45, the team was announced with Sol Brin in goal. Cooper, happy turns with a back three. Graham, Gabraith, Brown, Elmiz, Hunt, Drinnen and Saturiu made up the rest of the starting eleven. The substitutes for this was Howes, James, Sweeney, Moncur, Archibald, Ford and Piggott. So that starting eleven saw two changes to the starting lineup from the previous weekend. As in came Aaron Drynan and in came Ed Turns as Joe Piggott took a place on the bench as did Theo Archibald. So be a legend, your thoughts when you saw that team? Surprised that Theo and Joe have been dropped to the bench. I understand Rich's rationale uh, of that afterwards. That's absolutely fine. But otherwise, for me, as expected, and I've just made a note in Richie We Trust. Absolutely. Agree with you there, 100%. I think something that Richie Wenner has done really well last season is his squad rotation. rotation yeah. And managing the team well. Like we saw it with players like Paul Smith, who had been injured the previous season. He likes to rotate his squad. And obviously, three games... In a week, week off the back of a really tough game the previous Saturday against Barnsley. So, yeah, a few eyebrows when you saw Theo on the bench, but then you actually understand why you've done that. With Graham coming back to full fitness and Rob Hunt, who he trusts immensely, you go, you've got good strength and depth there. And we all know that Wellens loves Aaron John. Like He really rates him as a player, fits into Wellens' system really well. Obviously, it presses a lot harder, I think, than Piggott. So, no real surprises there. And a busy week. So, lots of tweets. We're only going to mention one there uh, from Bogs Dollocks one, which we've always got to be careful with when we say on this podcast. He said, I like it. I really hope Drynan gets some luck in front of goal. So, the game kicked off on a cold Northamptonshire evening with the O's in 13th place in League One. Against a home team, we found things a little bit tougher in 19th place, and there was a minute's applause before kickoff for the late Bobby Charlton. Your first time at North- the Northampton Bowl, as I call it. Thoughts? Yeah, you're spot on with your description of it being a bowl. So many retail parks in the area, like tons of it. But as a stadium, I actually quite liked it. I thought it was quite a nice uh, stadium. It felt like a football ground to me. Mm. So I liked it. Yeah, nice away stand. Quite nice and cramped, which I always like. Cozy. In an away stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cozy. And it brings you all together a bit. But it was a good, decent away attendance, actually. Because it was a Tuesday night. Obviously, being in a half term, it felt quite busy in there, which I guess is never a surprise from the moment with their mm. away support. But yeah, I liked it. And that, uh, i got to say that minute silence impeccably, not silence, minute applause impeccably done by both sets of fans who said there's only one Bobby Charlton. So mm. really nicely done. Nice yeah. scoreboard in Northampton as well, <laughs> to be fair. Lovely scoreboard there, big old screen. Uh, very bright though, if you're standing near it, which we were. Uh, but anyway, let's get back onto the football in. Opening 10 minutes, both sides enjoyed good possession. Dan Happy picked up a booking in the 10th minute. I think we came under the cosh for the most part. I found it quite hard to get out of our area or half of the first 10 minutes. We never looked like I'd seen him, but I've been under the cosh. A lot of singing in the away end, despite not being able to Yeah, all, always. I mean, the drum's still a relatively new thing, right? So, to me, it's not. Uh, I'm not listening out for it all the time. I think I've only been in the South Stand once. It's, it's been up and running. But, yeah, good atmosphere. Lots of good songs. It's always like that when you go away, isn't it? Mm. Like, it's a bit more... Vocal and it was a bit more singy, I guess, for that sense of purposes. But yeah, good atmosphere, anyway, Stan. Really good. Good. So we took the lead though in the 14th minute after some patient build up play 
and a 37 passing move saw Ruel Soteriu eventually drive the ball alongside alongside the box. He ended up passing to Rob Hunt just inside the right-hand side of the penalty area. He rolled the ball forward with his first touch and fired his shot that ended up creeping in at the near post, beating Lee Burge in the Northampton goal to make it 1-0. I thought that was a, a fortuitous goal, but a, <laughs> a goal, it deserved to be a goal at the end of like 37 pass routine to get it to where it was. Lucky that it went in, obviously, but that part, that sort of move where we retained the ball for that period of time and moved it through the gears and, and, and whatnot, I thought it was deserving um, of that, to be honest. I mean, the goalkeeper will probably need to have a word with himself in future to make sure he's not beaten like that again. But listen, we, we, sometimes you get the luck and sometimes you don't. And, and in this occasion, we've got it. We certainly did. You know, I think every outfield player touched it in those 37 outfield passes. I think Royal done really well in the build-up. And yeah, the keeper should have done better, but Hunt obviously sees the gap and puts it in the one place where the keeper can't, can't get it. So... I had no idea it was Rob Hunt's first goal when he scored it. Fair play to him. I mean, obviously, we do goal tweets when um, we score. We didn't have a goal tweet. We didn't have a goal tweet for Rob Hunt. There's nothing to tweet about because he's Sorry, it in there. So I had to literally just quote the club's tweet until you obviously were watching it at home and then put the video up. So well played there, Mr. Levy. But good finish by Rob Hunt. Took it well. And Real, like we said, is becoming a bit more of a team player. I think normally Real would look up and aim to shoot, but he seems to be a bit more aware of what's going on yes. around him. But a lovely finish by Rob Hunt. And, at yeah. that moment in time, great atmosphere in the way when that ball hit the net. Bet it was. Was it? At your, it was. I yeah, in front of us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, eighteen minutes now. Brandon Cooper was next to pick up a yellow after Dan Happy made an error and Sam Hoskins broke away, but not before Cooper ended up pulling him down. Two yeah. one for the team there. He certainly did. Twentieth minute in, a long throw in from Cooper. Found Dan Happy. He got a flick onto the ball. He came to Idris Mazzuni. But his defender just about stopped him from getting power on his shot, which he managed to get on target. But Burge had to make the save from, but fairly straightforward save for Burge. Yeah, yeah great opportunity for us to double our lead. Shame we just couldn't make that work because that was a nice opportunity. That 28, 26 minutes on the clock now, Northampton went close after a cross from McWilliams came into the box. Hoskins tried to guide it home, but his shot went well over Solbrin's bar. Yeah, Bryn had that well covered. I think 30 seconds, and some more good passing and movement from Northampton. So them in our penalty area. But Dan Appy made a superb sliding tackle to clear the ball. And then Rob Hunt was forced to concede the corner with Bowie lurking on his shoulder. But that came to nothing. Yeah, it was a good play by Rob. Uh, obviously got a shout. 40th minute we'll skip to now. A long ball from Ethan Galbraith. So Aaron Drynan do superbly to hold the ball up up the pitch. He passed to the on-rushing Jordan Graham who took one touch. And from quite a good position curled his shot that went well wide. I think he should have done better there. Yeah, Probably. Probably. When you're going for the spectacular, it's either going to be amazing or it's going to be absolute. What were you thinking? It looked fairly close. I think Dryden does really well in the build-up there to like win the ball and hold his mouth and play the ball into Graham really yeah. well there. I thought uh, Dryden credit there where credit's due. So two minutes of added time were played out in the first half. No further talking points. And the teams went in with the O's leading by a goal to nil. Yeah, attendance was 6,193 with a whopping 716 in the away end so fair play to you all for going there and I made a note at half time I thought it was a fairly even game with both sides enjoying lots of possession but obviously not necessarily doing so much we haven't really talked about Sol Brim being tested too not much um, in this one so arguably probably we've had the better of the two halves the couple of the better chances so you know arguably we ought to be 
two up, but two nils as dangerous a scoreline as one nil. Uh, I mean, I thought I thought we were brilliant in the first half. I'll mention it kind of in my post match, but I thought we all over them in the first half. We passed it better than them. We moved it better than them. Our press was much better than them. They looked a bit void of ideas, apart from getting it to Pinnock, who was trying to get down the right hand side across into the box. I thought we, I thought they didn't look a threat. I thought if we get second, I thought it would be game over. But as we know, that's not always what happens. Uh, with the O's, we had a few tweets at half time. We'll mention one from the Untold Game, who said, We don't look completely comfortable at the back, but we are slicing them apart for fun when we go forward. Have we got two El Mazzuni's on the pitch? He was alluding there to Jordan Brown being here, there, and everywhere. I've got to say that midfield again in the first half of Elmi's. Galbraith and Brown winning all their 50 50s. So they're winning all their 50 50s, and they were all moving around, and Northampton just didn't know whether they were coming or going. Good. Fantastic. So dynamic, isn't it? Brilliant. Young, fit, energetic, active in terms of sort of what they where they are on the ball and, and where they're in, in position wise. Fantastic. And you've still got Matt Sanders to come back in. Yeah. You've still got Dan Prattley who's now on the bench. Yeah. You've got Moncur who's still on the bench. So you've got three positions and that's six players. For those, great headache for Richie Wellness to have. Yeah. Great absolutely. headache. Yeah, absolutely. But I think also that the players that are in the team, we've said this before, the players that are in the team, it's their shirt until it's not. So actually, they've got to keep going as they are and the others have just got to yeah. be patient. So we've already got the second half underway. No changes at half-time. Two minutes in, we ended up winning our first corner of the game, which unfortunately came to nothing. Um, that set-piece routine, that set-piece coach. Oh, he goes. Working wonders here. <laughs> but from the res- I'm just joking, Daryl. No, no offence to Teddy. But from the result in play... Ethan Galbraith tried to play a pass upfield, which was cut out by Sean McWilliams. He got the ball down the line to Sam Hoskins, who then counterattacked, drove into the box from our right hand side, uh, from their right hand side. Sorry, his shot took a huge deflecting deflection off the recovering and sliding Rob Hunt, and it ended up looping over Selbrin into the far corner of the net to make it one-one. I think that's a very unfortunate goal to concede there. Yeah. I think I don't I'm not even sure that shot's going on target. And I think Brent's got it covered. If it is. Yeah. If it is. But as soon as it hit him and looped, you're like, oh. Yeah. Like, you, you could just see. tell. Watching it on the TV. It the was screen, going, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so unlucky. Sometimes the luck goes against you and that was completely luck going against you. I mean, yeah. Rob Hunt doesn't do anything wrong for me. Gets his body in the way and sometimes that ball will hit his body and just go out for a corner yeah. or go anywhere. However, that's a one time hits his body, loops over Brent. And up until then, I just couldn't see Northampton scoring like at all yeah. but that goal really did change the mood in the stadium like instantaneous you in can the tell away end or all Boyd, over Boyd the home end all over the home end didn't hear a word out from the first half as soon as that goal went in they were they were on it as you would expect it and then we all from being very jovial went all a bit quiet and you could tell literally it was a blink of an eye a completely different mood in that stadium mm. and you're thinking uh oh here we go so, but could we have done better to recover possession? Because he seemed to have a long time, Hoskins, on his own. And Sam Hoskins is a dangerous player. And he's down that right-hand side on his own no. for quite some time because he picked it up only, I don't know, about 15 yards inside or 20 yards inside his half. He still had a lot to do. And he didn't get... No one got interfered with him until Rob Hunt slid. No one's back. Everyone's stuck from the corner because no one expects even Galbraith to play a time pass, which is what he does. If Galbraith gets the ball yeah. and just loops it back in there, there's, there's lots of bodies still in the box waiting for the ball to come in. The fact is, they're waiting for him to do it. He tries to be a, a clever a clever lad, 
tries to place the more difficult pass, gets caught out, and then as soon as that ball's played, Hoskins, there's no one near Hoskins, Hunt, mm. he's just running back with him, trying to narrow his ankle until he can't narrow his ankle anymore. So, yeah, defensively, I don't know how disappointed Richie can be because, like he says in his post-match, which we're not going to play, he's like, Galbraith just needs to be a bit more, he'll learn from that, he just needs to be a bit more kind of decisive and clever in what he decides to do. But things went from bad to worse. Is in the 50th minute, with the home crowd behind them now, Pinnock lifted the ball into the box and a very clumsy mistimed challenge from Jordan Brown on Adameo saw Adameo go down straight away it was a blatant penalty referee point yeah. into the spot. No arguments there. Clumsy no. challenge. And in the space of what, five uh, second half minutes from being one up and comfortable, one all, and their man's about to step up to take a penalty. And you're thinking, how has this happened? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sol Brin ended up getting the right way, got a hand to it, but Sam Hoskins' penalty was just that little bit too good and he fired Northampton into a into a two one lead. I mean, what a disastrous five <laughs> minutes for us. Yeah. We you know we need to calm calm down. I made a note. We need to calm down, get back in this game and cut out the errors and be a bit more clinical. Absolutely. I mean, good penalty to be fair yeah, to him. And Brent was unlucky there. Brent almost gets it, but yeah, two one down. Unbelievable. So fifty six minute in, Rob Hunt found himself playing in on goal. He basically defended it well to block his shot out for a corner. Yeah, a minute later, after a lengthy chat between the ref and the linesman, Northampton Town's 19, Kieran Bowie, was shown a straight red card for an off-the-ball incident. I believe it was a headbutt on Ed Turns, and Northampton were down to 10 men. Now, that wasn't caught on TV, on the on the stream, and unless you were watching that those two guys, you, you no one actually knows, but it was violent, it must have been, to get a straight red card. It, no, Nobody was watching that. At all. No, of course like, not. no cameras picked up on it. No one knows. I will say, Kieran Bowie just literally like shrugs his shoulders when he gets to the red and just walks off. And no, none of his teammates really seem to appeal against it to the ref. So something definitely yeah happened. But nice to see that. And at that point, you're thinking, right, we've got the impetus now. So hopefully, we can go on and get something out of the game. So sixty mm. third minute, Rob Hunt fired a shot of goal, which deflected to Brandon Cooper, and he fired over from twelve yards out. And shortly after, Richie decided it was time for a sub. As Theo Archibald came on for Rob Hunt. Yeah, Hunt has been great, so I'm not sure why you take Rob Hunt off uh, for me. I'm a bit baffled by some of the substitutions sometimes, but I don't really understand Richie's thinking. He's the professional manager, he knows, he's very tactically astute, so obviously he knows more about it, but just sitting there as a fan watching, I mean, Rob Hunt in the last few games has really, really impressed, really impressed, really stepped up a league, really stepped up his standard. So... <clears throat> yeah, I, I was a bit confused. I think for me, I think if you've got Theo Archibald on the bench and you're chasing a goal, I think he's going for you more going forward than what Rob Hunt is. From it, from his delivery and his attacking intent. And I think Jordan Graham was having a great game at this point, so you knew Graham wasn't going to come off. So if you're going to get Archibald on the pitch, I think Hunt has to be the sacrificial lamb to mm. try and get you up the pitch quicker. I wouldn't say Rob Hunt done anything wrong, but no, obviously they were just sitting back and you're like, right, is Rob Hunt the man to unlock their defence? Maybe, maybe not. Could Theo Archibald do that? Probably. Mm. So, yeah, but good point there. Well made. Second sub short, followed shortly after. This one did raise eyebrows anyway. And Idris El Mazzuni off, <coughs> replaced by Joe Piggott. So, initially, the number 22 went up. That's Gal right. Brave was running off. And when he got to the touchline, he was told to stay on. And then Idris's number went up. So, don't know if that was a miscommunication there between us and the fourth official or... If it was a late change of mind or if he just felt something or no, what think, happened there. but 
Very think once you, um, I think once you put the note into the fourth official, I don't think you can change it. Don't know. I don't think I don't think you can do that. I mean, run and referee yeah, GCM, sure. Say. Grant, you're just, just going to say. Uh, but as I said a moment ago, strange subs. We'd love to know the thoughts of Richie Welland about about these. Um, obviously, the moment's passed now, so that's not going to happen. But uh, a minute later, superb cross came in from Jordan Graham on the right, but with the goal at his mercy, Ruel ended up heading the ball wide of the far post from literally a few yards out, as close a range as what you can get. And for me, that was an unbelievable opportunity to get us back in the game. It it looked on, on the stream, it looked harder to miss it than it did to score it. You can only say that A, he's misjudged the flight of the ball and how hard Jordan has put that in. It's not a floater, he's just banged it in. So you can only say he's not been able to sort of move his head forwards to guide the ball. He's got up, but he hasn't been able to guide the ball forward. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses here, but how else do you miss a goal when you're only... Like, the goal's right in front of you. Oh, we should have scored it. There's absolutely... No question. There's no excuse, really, for him not to score that. Unmarked, a few yards out. If he scores that... Changes the whole game. If he scores that, we've got 25 minutes for 10 men. We probably win that game now. Don't, I don't need to tell Ross to tell you he should be scoring that. And Ross probably don't listen to this. And if he is, he's probably just turned it off. But Ross should be putting that one to bed. Yeah, agree. And we mentioned we mentioned this a few times this season where his goal return ain't bad at the moment. However, it should be now based on chances missed. Mm. I wouldn't. I don't want to sound too harsh, but Ross to should be in double figures for the season now. Agree. When you think about the chances that he hasn't yeah. taken. So he's getting into the right positions and you can't argue with that. Yep, Delivery, right. last couple of weeks from Graham, has been great into him. Same for Theo as well. But yeah, he, sh- he, sh- he should have scored that. Sh- like you said, You're harder right. to miss. That's, that's two in a week, so he'd be on seven or eight by now. Like with just on this week's chances alone, not mentioning the other few four, 14 games that we've been playing. Yeah, uh, 13 games. Yeah. But he didn't score and it almost went to 3-1. In the 68th minute, Pinnock slipped in Hoskins who didn't play in Leonard, and he was on one-on-one with Brent from a tight angle, though. Brent stood up well, made a good save. That's a match-saving save. That if that is. becomes 3-1, I think it's game over. Yeah, 100%. Brent done well there, too. Sold Brent. And again, never underestimate how important it is to have a good keeper. Lawrence Vigory was that last season for us. Sol Brent seems to be that for this season. Um, it's really It can make the difference between sort of five or ten points at least when it really matters. So, yeah, fair play. Well well done, Sol. Uh, 70th minute then, Theo Archibald swung in the corner from the left. Joe Piggott put the ball in the back of the net. He was judged to have handled the ball and the goal was ruled out. I've only seen it from one angle. Inconclusive, I would say, about the uh, VAR cameras. It doesn't look clear and obvious to me. Didn't to me. And none of their defenders appealed that he had handballed it. No. So you're like, what has the ref seen that nobody else has seen? Really disappointing. Again, looked like a perfect good goal. goal. Yeah. But we were knocking, we were well knocking on the door at this point. It, it was a really open game. And yeah. It looked like it was... It's it, caught the side of his chest. To me, that's what it's. That's what it looks like it's done. But he's judged to have hit him on the arm. Silly, silly ref. But we move on. 72nd minute, time for the third and fourth subs of the game for the O's. Shaq Ford came on, he replaced Emma Drynan. And Tom James came on to replace Dan Happy. Happy had obviously been booked. Drynan obviously had run himself hard for 70 minutes so forward obviously fresh pair of legs to, to get yeah. out of so those made so two, made of our, sense to me. two out of our three back line had been booked yep. at this point so it's quite dangerous 
really. Um, so probably that, that's quite sensible. Uh, Theo's cross a minute later found Ethan Galbraith. His shot was blocked. It came to Ruel, whose half volley was goal-bound until Lee Burge made a superb save and he tipped the ball out for a corner. That was a good effort. Good save Ruel there. And a good save, yeah. In the 80th minute, yeah, I mentioned Burge got booked. For time wasting, I mean they were time wasting literally from the point they went two and up. You're like, mate, it's like fifty one minutes. Please stop time wasting. Come yeah, on. there's a bit more, bit more football to be played here. Yeah, absolutely. Eighty six on the clock now. Some good skill from Jordan Graham on the left. Saw him feed Ruel. He skipped past his man. Fired a shot. At Lee Burge. The ball came out to Jordan Brown. His effort was again saved by Burge. Burge, who conceded a terrible goal for him in the first half, suddenly turned into like Peter Schmeichel in the yeah. in the second in half. He made some very good saves. That double save in particular was really good. Uh however at that point I was still like thinking we're gonna we're gonna score. Like I wasn't thinking this isn't gonna be our day. I was thinking well, it's gonna be hard it's gonna be really harsh if we don't get a goal here. So eight minutes of time went up on the board. In the ninety second minute, good effort from Jordan Graham. He tried to curl one into the top bins uh off the far post. I think that was from the left hand side. But he missed the target and went wide. Again it it was disappointing he's not hit the target there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the fifth minute of added time, the O's finally got their deserved equaliser as the ever-lively Jordan Graham got in down the left-hand side and after an initial slip, he recovered. He put in a cross which was met by Shaq Ford and although Burge got a hand to it, he couldn't keep the ball out as the O's made it 2-2. Cue pandemonium and arms and limbs and everything else in the away end. That was a good goal and well needed. Justified. Mass- massively deserved as well. Jordan Graham persevered. And he'd just be battering uh, his fullbacks all night. Yeah. Great delivery, especially when he slips and then kind of recovers, recovers and it, does yeah. his man again. I actually think Ford is very lucky because he scuffs it. But you take him, how, you take him how you can get Absolutely. I guess the only criticism is they're off too busy celebrating. Where, which you mentioned again, his post-match. Get the ball, get her back into the centre circle because you've still got about three or four minutes to play. But I completely get that young side. 95th minute equaliser. You want to celebrate... At the same time, I mean, we were celebrating in the away end, like as you would expect. Is it the other end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was down the other end. So yeah, deserved, well deserved. And you're thinking, can we go on and win this? Yeah. But great, good. Well, to see Shaq Ford get another goal. Like he's obviously started really well, found himself out of the team now that Piggott and Ralph kind of established themselves as the front choice, front two. But shows that Shaq Ford, you know, can be relied upon mm. in vital moments. Yeah, I'm wondering if you might get a start ahead of Ruel on Saturday against Kalar. Give Don't, him a chance of the run out. I presume. Or maybe it, against Portsmouth. Depends if he's cup tied for the FA Cup. I imagine Watford will let us play. Yeah, I can't imagine that he'd break into the Watford squad for the FA Cup. So no, I imagine Drynham is probably definitely starting this one for Kalar, I would imagine. But yeah. great to see. 96 minutes, the game's still going on. A turn's picked up a booking. So that's all three of our centre backs picked up a booking in this game. Uh, and that was Ed's fifth of the season, so he'd be suspended for the Burton Albion trip. No further talking points. The referee brought the game to a close as the points were shared, given the match finished 2-2. And obviously Rich's interview is on the club's social channel, so we won't play that now, so let's move on to the league table. Yeah, so that drew your sees us move up a place to 12th. So at this point we played 14, won 5, drawn 4, lost 5, goal difference of minus 4. And 19 points. So, Billy Lejano, your views on the away draw at Northampton Town? Yeah, as much as it pains me to say, it's probably a fair result. A draw uh, was probably a fair result at the end of it. I thought both sides enjoyed lots of possession. They looked to play football the right way. Poor goals for us to concede. I mean, obviously sloppy with the defending for the penalty. 
Um, it was a clumsy tackle, but it does happen sometimes. And you know, but the first goal, we've got to be more decisive, recover the ball a bit quicker. I know what you're saying about everyone being up for the corner, but nonetheless, you you don't have everyone up there. You do have two two or three players that are kind of back just in case something does happen for that exact reason. Not clinical enough in front of goal. Sotiriu missing the header, I think, being the main protagonist there. I mean, Jordan Graham tried his luck. I think he'd be disappointed that one yeah. of them didn't go in. I didn't think Piggott's goal was a handball. So, again, it's just been a bit, been a bit of bad luck for us in, in that regard. Some great crosses from Theo and, and Jordan Graham in that, that, that we ought to, you know, they deserve to have something better yeah. come of it. Uh, well played for Shaq Ford. Well played. Right place, right time. Got a scuff, got a f- proper touch, whatever contact he got. The point is it, it went in the goal. So, take the point, move on. Nicely done. I think for me, yeah. I, I thought we controlled that apart from a crazy five minutes. But we've spoken a lot this season about being clinical in both boxes and for five minutes we were shocking in our <coughs> box and at the times where it really mattered in the game we weren't clinical in their box. E.g. Sotiriu, which is mm-hmm. the biggest chance of the game that goes missing. For first half, outstanding. Only complaint is we should have had more. If we if Jordan Graham puts that one in for half time and it's 2-0, I think the game's done and put to bed. But I thought the work rate in the team was first class in the first half, especially from the front two. Now, Dryden gets Kane in a lot in this, but I thought Dryden worked his socks off. And we know that Richie Wellens, number nine, ain't going to get you 20 goals a season because it's not the way the team plays. I thought Dryden had done really well in the first half and he gets criticised quite a lot in the post-match tweets. I think defensively, though, poor decisions for both goals. I think Graham's challenge is clumsy. Galbraith makes the wrong pass, but again, I think you've got to remember there's a reason why sometimes these players are in League One. They're not going to give you 100% passing accuracy at all times. And obviously Galbraith will learn from his mistakes, as will Graham. But I always felt the equaliser was coming, so it wasn't a surprise to me, even though it was very late that we'd equalised. But at this point, I say, ever-improving, always optimistic. So yeah, I'm surprised that there's a lot of negative tweets. I think a lot of people saw this one as two points lost, as opposed to a point gained. Now I think that even though I thought we'd equalise, I still think when you score a 95th-minute equaliser you still have to take that as a positive, that you've gained a point where you aren't going to get a point, but lots of people still saw this as two points lost. So fair play to them. But look, first time in Northampton, got to say thank you to John for driving. Lovely to see Tommy Mann over from New Zealand. Tom went to Burton yesterday. He's been to every game in like a month. He flies back Mm. soon, like this week. So uh, see you when you're on our shores again, Mr Mann. It was also nice to meet the real Ed Turns, not the player. So lovely to meet Ed Turns. And also lovely to meet Heavy D from the South Stand. So a lovely night had by all. Just a shame we didn't win it. Yeah. But again, uh, I thought the performance was spot. That would be nice and on the cake, wouldn't it? And and you'd argue that a team that are struggling in 19th place with us doing quite well, you'd probably look to, as a, if you were a betting person, that we'd, we'd come with, away with at least three points from that. If well, Sam Hos- at least we'd come away with all three points. If we had Sam Hoskins, I dare say, we'd probably come away with three points. Mm. Because he, only had, he literally had two chances the whole game. And he got substituted late on as well. And he scored both. Yeah. So, yeah, frustrating. But those were our views. There's a lot of feedback uh, after this one. So thanks for all your views that came in to us. And just because we read them does not mean we agree with them. Orient Meat Pie started us off at the full-time whistle. He says, I love Jordan Graham. Hasn't stopped all night. The best we've looked against 10 men in ages. And we just did not give up. Love this slot. Fully deserved the point. We kept going. He didn't lose it. Just need to cut out sloppiness. But love the resilience of the team. 
but I still don't know why the picket goal was disallowed as it did not look like a handball. Stroud Greeno said, despite rescuing a point, that's still two points dropped against the poor Northampton team for me. We gifted them both of their goals and we lacked composure and quality going forwards when they were down to 10. Casey Adams, NFC, said, win the home games, draw the away games. Never had a good record at Northampton, but we never gave up and that's all we can ask for. Yeah, that's right. Ryan Peanut said, another game... We should win easily, but lack of League One quality is killing us and haven't seen a 90 minutes without mistakes yet, giving too many soft goals away. If I was Richie Wellens, I'd be fuming with them all. Magic underscore Johnson, this is why we will finish mid-table and not get a playoff place. We would have taken that at the start of the season, but we've showed so much promise. It's just a shame we can't push that extra goal in a lot of games recently. Um, Alex LOFC is up next he said last minute equaliser will cloud the judgement but that is two points dropped all day long Steve the F1 said we were the better side for 93 minutes but the five minutes of man has cost us another two points this evening we played with a strange mix of potential and naivety Les LK52 said you've got to say we just never give up that is a fantastic quality late goals against Reading Exeter and tonight good, good point there yeah. good point Les. the real Ed turns said we looked the better team for most of that game we just seemed scared to shoot after the first time seeing Ed play and he seems a quality defender and at the time nice I think well. we've mentioned it a couple of times in the last couple of weeks so there's opportunities where you think just put your laces through and have a go but they're looking for like the final pass again or they're just too pretty. It's a very unorient thing you're trying to play. It's very Premiership, uh, very Premiership sort of Man City Arsenal weekend. I was saying it's a bit like watching Ar- Arsenal under Wenger. Like I would never. Yes, can't compare it. Two touches, to Arsenal, but you like. You don't need to take that one more pass. Just, just shoot and have faith in yourself to put the ball in the back of the net. Absolutely right. Alfie <laughs> Howard, fourteen, said, "Shocking mistakes costing at both ends of the pitch again." Don't be fooled by the excitement of a late equaliser. That's four points dropped in two very winnable games. So that was alluding to obviously Northampton <coughs> and the Barnsley game the previous weekend. Marlin, oh, 1950. So in case anyone didn't know, Graham is a fantastic winger, but not so good as a wingback. Play him where he wants to play and where he can do some damage. Derby 507 said, definitely should have won that game. I'm not one for digging out players, but Drinnen isn't good enough at this level. I thought Cooper once again was outstanding and Graham never gave up. Onwards and upwards. Tom Davies, E17, said, I thought we looked like a mess in the second half. Struggling to get between and behind the lines of a world-draw defence. We made too many poor decisions and missed Theo till he came on. And Graham had an off night. Interesting how people see things differently. Yeah. I thought Jordan had a really good one. LOFC Loza gets the penultimate word on this and said, can we give Ford more of a chance? He's the only one who gambles in the six-yard box and goals to minutes ratio is good. Are we overlooking a solution to our lack of poacher goals with him? Good point there. Good question. Good question there, Loza. And the final word on Northampton Town goes to Phil VZ1, who said, snatched the point at the end with a brilliant cross from Graham and Ford nicely tucked it away. We will look back on the missed three points with two errors. But stuff happens and both boys who made the mistakes can hold their heads high. They never stop running and the equaliser came. So that rounds up that. We're just going to do the prediction league now. So well done to Strop underscore O, that tall O's fan, and Mr JG Essex, who all correctly predicted 2-2. So you get the three points. Top of the prediction league table. We'll do that later on. Unsurprisingly, nobody had Rob Hunt to score. Yeah, unsurprisingly. And then we had Shaq uh, out of the uh, ones who got to the yeah. yeah. So moving on in Wednesday, the 25th of October, and the Orient Outlook podcast <coughs> wishes Omar Beckles a very happy birthday for this day. Happy birthday, Omar. Happy birthday to you. Thursday, the 26th of October, the club announced that Chairman Nigel Travis will be hosting a Q&A 
online, 7 o'clock, Wednesday, the 1st of November, which will broadcast live on the club's YouTube channel. So that's 7pm, Wednesday, the 1st of November. Yeah, it'll be good to see what Nigel says. I think you can still submit questions uh, on the club's Twitter feed or on the website. So if you've got a question for Nigel, send that one in. It'll be interesting to see uh, what, what comes up, what gets asked. Of Nigel, and also on Thursday, the club confirmed that the uh, under 18s FA Cup first round game that we mentioned earlier uh, against AFC Sudbury is taking place at Brisbane Road on Tuesday, the 31st of October. So if you're not out trick or treating, get yourself down there and support the young O's as they start off their campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Friday, the 27th of October, then the under 18s were in action against AFC Wimbledon. This match had it all as the O's went ahead early on through Abdi Mahmood. Uh, sorry, uh, Abdi Muhammad, and despite having more chances, the young O's found themselves 2-1 down at the break. Muhammad was on target again as he made it 2-2 in the 58th minute and Wimbledon went ahead again in the 66th minute, but we got an equalising goal to make it 3-3 in the 75th through Thomas Avgustidis, and with both teams looking for the win, it actually ended up, unfortunately, being AFC Wimbledon who found it in the 90th minute they scored a very late winner to make it 4-3, uh, which is how the game finished. So unlucky to the young O's there. What a crazy game. What an exciting game that was. I think at 1-0, we absolutely battered them for like 20 minutes, couldn't find a second, and then two quick goals, and find yourself still one down at the break. Unlucky yeah. there. Yeah, it sounds like an amazing game. So moving on into Saturday, the 28th of October, and the main event, Burton Albion away. Seemed like an awful... Lot of people were out in Burton at the very early stages. Some people were even Burton on like Friday, yeah. making a proper weekend Overnight, of it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. One day I'll take you to Burton. It's <laughs> a great time. We'll so do that. Before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. We had 293 votes, and you voted as follows with 12% of you thinking the O's would lose, 30% thinking the O's would get a draw, and a whopping majority at 58% of you thinking the O's would get the win. So thanks to everyone for all your votes in our infamous Twitter polls. Next one will follow Thursday evening, 6 o'clock. So let's know how you think we'll get on. Indeed. Team was announced at 2pm. Sol Brin in goal with James Cooper, Happy, Galbraith, Brown, El Miz, Archibald, Graham, Sotiriu and Piggott making up the starting eleven with the substitutes of Howes, Sweeney, Prattley, Moncur, Ford and Aaron Drynan. Yeah, so that side saw three changes to the starting eleven against Northampton Town. As Tom James, Theo Archibald and Joe Piggott came in. Rob Hunt, who missed out for injury. Ed Turns missing out through suspension. And Aaron Drynan dropping down to the bench. So what were your views on that when you saw that team at 2 o'clock? Yeah, I hope Hunt's injury isn't too bad. Um, obviously, Richie can still name a pretty strong side with plenty of attacking options. Um, initially I thought Ed was injured as well but then he's obviously on five yellow so he misses out through suspension um, but yeah as, as it sort of pointed out by others you know there's only six subs on the bench why 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 can't we name all seven um, so there's a bit of a question mark for me there me? yep you yep good you. team not really many surprises expected to see Archibald back in that team uh, which was good thought Pickett might start this one six subs yeah, but all of them are quality subs. You look at those subs, you're like, well, they're all league one standards, so we won't have a problem bringing any of those on. And obviously, you can only bring five on. Uh, so, yeah, true. a bit odd that wasn't really explained. I don't think that was asked in Rishi's post-match either. No, it wasn't. Uh, which is a bit odd as well. So, a few uh, tweets came in to us once that team was announced. Better late than never. So, good to see Prattley 
on the bench. It was actually Pratty's first appearance on the bench in quite a few quite weeks, a I would say. Absolutely. Len Chin Chin Wan said it was a tricky away game in prospect. Burton have very capable players and will be a tough opposition. O's need to uh, need the points, so priority is to avoid bookings. A stringent ref has been assigned. The secret is defend well. We must create and deliver the chances in their box. Strong start, 11. Come on, Orient. Get Lynchin Chin into the dressing room with Rishi yeah. Wellens. David Rickard, 80. So Joe Piggott hasn't had much luck in front of goal. Dodgy decision in the week to chalk off a perfectly good goal. And obviously his goal against Lincoln has gone. But I do fancy him to get a couple today. So, the match kicked off and it was 11th versus 12th, with the O's making their very first visit to the Pirelli Stadium and our fixture, the first against Burton Albion in 117 <laughs> years, less a week. Less a week, because it was the 7th of uh, November in 19... No, 3rd of November, I do beg your pardon. The 3rd <laughs> of November, 1906, when we really? last played Burton Albion at Burton Albion. Obviously not in that stadium, but wow... Uh, that's a bit of history. Um, looking to build on our recent good form, Burton Albion uh, is their official Rainbow Laces game. Yeah, so let's get cracking in. Second minute, I didn't realise he played for Burton No, Albion. that was a surprise for me as well. Jake Caprice. Jake Caprice. I thought he was still at Exeter. Putting some great deliveries in this game, yeah, as you knew he would. He yeah. beat Theo Archibald fairly easily in the second minute, but across it from the right, which found the head of an unmarked walker. But Solbrin was there to make it safe. Walker should have done better there. He was completely unmarked. 100%. But thank God Solbrin was in the right place at the right time. Otherwise, that's 1 0. Poor header. More than yeah, anything else. Yeah. When Brin's in the right place at the right time, if he puts it anywhere towards the far post, it's 1 0, and you're thinking, what is going on? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be an absolute disaster. <laughs> in the eighth minute, big concerns as Jordan Graham went down injured and concerningly had to be stretched off with some oxygen, I think, as well, maybe. Yeah. So George Monker came on to replace him. Knew that was really bad from the tweets from the people who were there and from both clubs Twitter accounts obviously following me on Twitter not being there you knew that was bad even burnt out like when your opposition goes it looks like this player's picked up a nasty looking injury we wish him all the best as they're being carried off the pitch you're yeah. thinking wow this, this can't be good a lot of nothing confirmed by the club obviously we'll, we'll, we'll kind of allude to what Richie says in his post-match but unfortunately it looks pretty bad yeah. as we sit here tonight without any news on Jordan Graham in the 17th minute Burton worked the ball to the left and Hamer checked back from the byline, giving it to Oshi Larger, who quickly slipped in power. He tried to curl one into the far corner, but went wide off the post. That was a decent effort there. Burton were playing some pretty nice little passing football that I didn't have him down for. But I think Brunner had that covered, but a decent effort there. Had a bit of zip on it. That, that They've got some names in their team. They're just, I mean, where, where are they in the league? Let's just remind just us. Above us just above us in 11, right? They scored... 16 goals this season. It's only two more than us, but... They'd won the last four out of the last five. Uh, so they were a bit of a good run themselves after a bit of a patchy start. So we always thought it'd be tough, but they had a bit, bit not, not as much hoofball as what I thought we'd get from a Burton team. Yeah, absolutely. We'll skip ahead now to the 25th minute. A long throw was headed out as far as Ethan Galbraith. He took a shot that went wide. Yeah, two minutes later, an O's corner was swung in from the right, came uh, straight into the path of an unmarked Tom James, straight off the training ground, that one. That one, that one. Uh, Tom James met the ball beautifully with a volley that was going towards goal. That was that was definitely on target. I don't know if Walker would have got that, but Walker, sorry, I don't know if Croker would have got that, but Walker was well placed in the defence to make the block. As I say, Tom Great caught that. that. Tom caught that nicely. He did, and he's an expert at that as well. So that, we've seen that before. Hell of a goal that would have been. Hell of a cross from Theo to get it to him on a sixpence. You know what I mean? Like literally, bang on. He didn't. 
um, TJ didn't have anything to do other than just strike it for his laces. Call it, it sweetly. Unbelievably good. 37 minutes now on the clock. Another effort at goal as the o, uh, for the O's as Idris El Mazzouni was teed up by Ruel Sotiria, but his effort was off target. Got to start hitting the target more from our midfielders, especially. Galbraith's had a few in this game that haven't hit the target. Idris just had one that hasn't hit the target. Just got to be working to keep a bit more, yeah. I think. 42nd minute, Hamer took a long throw in from the left, palmed away by Salbrin, dropped a pal on the edge of the box. His effort, again, was well over. So, again, we can't hit the target, but they haven't really kind of troubled Bryn much because they, they haven't been hitting the target either. Theo Archibald put a low ball in the box that Joe Piggott couldn't reach in the 44th minute. Yeah, and in the 45th minute, huge chance for the O's. Salbrin caught a ball into the box. He launched it forward quickly to El Soturio, who held off his man, turned him, and managed to get goal side of him. And then he was in, just had to beat Crocom in the box. Real's first touch, though, was poor. Keeper was able to smother the ball at his feet. Now, when I watched that back, there was just a loud, loud sigh and a banging of the table because he should be doing much, much better there. You've used a little one. I think you've summed it up. I mean, I wrote, come on, Ruel, like, you're so much better than that. That first touch, that's the basics. He'd done the hard part in, in getting that opportunity. He'd put their defender off. He was then in on goal. He was literally one-on-one. And it's just, he's just unbelievably heavy touch on that one. He's got to be much sharper and better than that. You know, we're not talking about like a glut of chances that we've had. To, all right, we've had a couple, but you're not talking about loads of guilt, rarely a guilt edge chance like that where you can be one on one with a keeper. And I back Ruel in a one on one, and he's just slipped up there. I know it might sound harsh, but when you cumulatively put the opportunities together, like against Northampton and, and now, that's two chances that change a game. Goals change game, right? change games there's, there's so many things he could have done there he, he was in he had so much time he could have literally taken it around the keeper he could have shot earlier and to either side of the corner because the keeper's pretty central he could have done a moody and chipped over the keeper like, anything but what he did was it, it's just a heavy touch he could have it? done I yeah, it's just heavy, but, it was the heavy touch but this is the, I think we're going to obviously get a lot of tweets about this and obviously we're going to mention it in our views but at the moment, we are not being clinical enough in front of goal, and it's starting to cost us a point uh, or wins from drawing positions. But five minutes of additional time were played, obviously, because of that injury to Jordan Graham. No favourite action to talk about as the sides went to goalless at half time. Indeed, they did. 3,359 was the total attendance for that match, and roughly about 1,000 were in the away end. I saw it was 1,010. 1,000, okay. Um, but I think everyone was kind of mixed. There wasn't any segregated Lovely. seating or anything like that, so it's quite a nice, friendly ground. Yeah, OK. Running Refugee C tweeted us at half-time. It's quite a drab first half. Looked a bad one for Graham. Wish him all the best. We survived a couple of early chances for Burton, but came into the game more as the half went on. Didn't create much apart from Real, but he wasted a good chance to get one-on-one with the keeper. The second half kicked off. No subs for the O's. In the 58th minute, the O's gave away possession from a throw-in in their own half. Uh, Walker played it forward to Lubala, who backheeled it to Helm on the edge of the box, but his weak shot was straight at Solbrin. I mean, we've talked a lot about Orient not being clinical in their box. I think we're quite lucky because they've had a few chances in our box and they've shot it straight at Brent or hitting it over. So I guess it goes both ways. In the 62nd minute, Jordan Brown had an effort over the bar after collecting possession from Theo Archibald. Again, getting into these positions. So we've talked about Brown not hitting the target. Oh, he's not hitting the target. 
Ooh. Galbraith as well. These midfielders who we're praising and who do such a good job just need to be hitting the target a bit more when they're shooting. Yeah. Uh, 66 minutes on the clock we had a nice counter attack through Idris he found George Monker whose shot went well wide disappointing effort that one by George good possession again yeah. Royal does really although we've caned Royal for his action in the 45th minute Royal again does really well with supporting the players and if Monker scores that's another assist for Royal so Royal done really well there I think, I think Monker just rushes Snap the shot it. and you can see Monker yeah. isn't quite where he needs to be. I think there's going to be a few uh, tweets on that one. 67th minute then. Second sub for the O's. Shaq Ford came on to replace the substitute. George Monker, who came on in the 12th minute. So George Monker has played 65 minutes of football. About the hour. Yeah. About the hour that we get from 72 minutes. Jordan Brown picked up a yellow card for a foul on Lubala. Yeah. 74th minute. Chance for the hosts. as a nice pass and move. Saw the ball come to Hamo in the box. But Tom James made a big, big block from his shot. And the ball went to out for the corner not too sure how much Tom James knew about that but he was in the right place at the right time he certainly, was. he certainly was uh, a minute later we went close as a counter-attack saw Soteriu pass the ball into the path of Ethan Galbraith and his low strike was deflected just wide oh big chance that one yeah. and again Real does really well in terms of the weight on the pass it's perfect straight into the path of Galbraith who doesn't have to break stride so again well played Real for teeing that up and I think that took a tiny deflection so whether that was going in or not yeah. without that touch because it was a very faint touch I don't know but again not hitting that target but having seen that back there are quite a few Burton players in and around the box I'm not sure if that would have made any you know if, if by him sort of having that more on target would have made any of a difference to be honest with you um, 79 minutes on the clock then Richie made two more changes as off went Joe Piggott and Jordan Brown on came Aaron Drinnan and Darren Prattley in the 83rd minute huge chance for the host the Sweeney flicked the ball on to Oshilaja he was all by himself he had time and space inside the area but from close range with just Solbrin to beat he blasted the ball over the bar an absolute let off Thank there God. biggest chance of the game that yeah, one yeah absolutely how have we switched off there and allowed him to be alone in our box I mean he's a good player and, and he'd be absolutely gutted that he's not nicked it right at the end there that is a huge let off for us and thankfully the quality of finishing on display during this match has been quite poor uh, and such poor quality that it hasn't actually hurt us because they've been in more clear cut chance I'd be more annoyed as their manager, having got them into at least three good clear-cut chances to steal something from this game and not then take them. Just for that lack of quality or they got you know, overexcited and end up lashing at it instead of going for, for placement. Um, thankfully, it hasn't hurt us, but that's this time against better opposition and another game, they punish us. Yeah, I'd agree with you that one. Four minutes of additional time were played in the 92nd minute. Theo Archibald whipped it across from the left. The ball came out to Rossi to you. He played it into the path of even Galbraith whose fierce effort was well saved by Croke. Yeah, that's an outstanding opportunity. From our Archibald's turn and his cross to Galbraith's shot, that's a shame that didn't come off. That deserved a goal. And again, Rell making the right decision. So again, maybe old Rell looks up and tries to smack it in from a random angle, but again, Rell aware of what's going on around him, plays the right pass again, the right weight into the path of Galbraith. So I've got to say, well played Rell. Good, good shot there. Keeper's just done well to, set, to make the save there. So... No further action to talk about. The full-time whistle went as the match finished goalless as the O's had a point to take back to East London. They did indeed. That draw saw us 
stay in 12th place in League One. We've now played 15 games, which is about a third of the season so far. We're now pretty even at 1-5, drawn 5, lost 5. Our goal difference, though, is at minus 4, but we've picked up 20 points. Not bad so far. Richie Wellens spoke to David that after the game. We're not going to play it because it was out pretty quickly after the match. That's available on the club's YouTube channel and the website. Richie said that it looks like Jordan Graham has done his ACL, although obviously that is yet still to be yeah. confirmed. And to be fair, I think Richie was quite good in his post-match, quite honest, yeah. quite open, quite disappointed. Yeah, I'd well. say quite but sort of constructively critical about, about us as well. I think that's the difference between having someone with a winning mentality and a losing mentality, is that he gets a draw and he's still not happy because he's thinking about winning. Yep. And he's quite critical of the team. But I think I think it was good. I, I enjoyed what he what he had to say there. So Bid Lujanda, let's hear it. Your views of Burton Albion away then. Yeah, look, I wasn't there. Can't really comment of on the specifics of the game. I've obviously only seen the highlights. So the first there was Jordan Graham a full and speedy recovery. Hope it's not as bad as what people think it is. Hopefully it's more strain than, than than anything else. But if it is a torn ACL, then that's him done for the season and he'll be back in for pre-season wow. training. Yeah. Um, but but that said, Keaton has got a, a pretty good magic wand at getting players back early. He won't be early enough for this season, but hopefully it'll be enough for him to be in, in uh, full pre-season training for next season. Secondly, in a game where chances are few and far between, you know we've got to be more clinical. Like we said earlier, more clinical in both boxes. I'm a big fan of Ruel, uh, as people know, but that's now two games in a row. He's missed some good opportunities. At key points in the game, so that he's won on Tuesday, was in the 68th minute. If he scores that, it's two all, 25 minutes left to play. And I yeah. believe if he scores that, or it win the game on Tuesday. Potentially. Because yeah. I, I, we were dominating the ball, and it would have been another 25 minutes against 10 men. We would have won that. I just think with the quality on the Tuesday night, the way Graham was playing, the way Archibald was playing, I think we would have gone on to win that. And I think if he puts us one up against Burton, I think we'd probably go on to win that game. Mm. So you okay. could argue that had, if he puts both of those chances away, as opposed to talking about two points this week, we could have been talking about six points. Four or even six. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah, that, that's it. And we've got to be clinical in both boxes. Thankfully, we are in one of them, which is our defensive box. <laughs> yeah. We've kept a clean sheet. Big shout out to the unsung hero, Sol Brin, uh, who's made some great show-stopping saves uh, to keep us in games and, and earn us the points that we've got. George Monker. My lord, George Monker. Big, big question. <laughs> okay. Big question. Talking point now. What, what's, what's going on with him? We're all desperate to see what he's got to offer, the flair or the creativity that a player of his pedigree has. And having been from the Championship with Simon, we all thought it was a massive coup that we, we'd signed this guy from Hull who'd done great things with Luton and, and, and so on. But it's been a whole season and a third of this season that he's been at Orient now, and I still feel that we're still waiting to see George Moncur play. I don't enjoy singling players out. I don't think that's the appropriate thing to do. But I think this is now such a talking point that we have to talk about it. He came on as a sub, enforced, and then he got sub 65 minutes later. For the second time this season... I've rarely heard, in 43 years of being alive, I've rarely heard, in the football that I've watched and games I've heard about, of a substitute being substituted. It's a, for me, that's a rarity, right? Rather than a, rather than a commonplace thing. If well, he's not... If, go on. No, go on. You're in full flow. I'm going to leave you to it. I apologise. If, yeah, if he's not fit, 
how can this be the case? We're 15 games into the season, plus a month of pre-season. How can it be the case? If, if someone says, oh, he's not fit, he's been ill, he's been a bit injured, granted, but surely he can't not be... He, there's no way that the players that are in the match day squad are not fit. Darren Pratt is just coming back. You might argue that he's a bit rusty, but I bet he's fit to play. And much is made of George's physique. I don't really much care. You don't have to have a six pack and a uh, and and be cut in at the at the at the waist and all of that. You don't need all of that stuff to 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 be to be fit. That that's not that's not that. That's just aesthetics of being athletic. But we're now at a situation where we're a third of the way through this season at a higher level, and like I said earlier, we've still not seen the George Wonker that we all expected. Now, maybe that I'm misreading it, and I've defended him in the past by saying maybe he's doing stuff off the ball that we're not seeing. Like, we haven't got player cam. I'm not sitting there exclusively watching George the whole game when he does yeah. play. But it's got to be a big question now because he can't be cheap in terms of what his wage uh, demands are. Um, there's got to be something to be answered for in, in, in that regard. And that's not something that Nigel's going to answer on the Q&A next week, by the way. So, yes, that's not what I've said in that question. So that's not, yeah, yeah that, that, or ne- next week, the week after. But by the same token, you know, it, it's got to be something that, that there's got to be an answer from someone somewhere about what, what's going on. Maybe I should have asked Paul Terry last week while, while we had him, but well, you, I don't know what you're going to hear from people. You know, they're not going to hang him out to dry. He is a good character from what we understand. He's a great he's character good. in the dressing room. He's a good guy. And I don't mean to dig him out and make him sound like a pariah or anything like that because what he does perhaps behind the scenes is as important as what he does in the front. He's either not fit, right? He either can't follow a tactical instruction or he's just not a very good player anymore. I think, I think it comes down to that three. If he's not fit, then you've got to say, well, why is he not fit? Because he never lasts more than 65 minutes. When he did start earlier in the season... He's getting hauled off after about an hour. So, he might not be fit. He, he's not a chaser, to me anyway. So, Galbraith, Elmiz, Sanders, Brown, Pratsley, all in that middle, they were what I would call a chaser of the ball. Grafters. George Moncur isn't a grafter. George Moncur is a 10. So, George Moncur has to play behind your forward. You're one forward. And at the moment we've got two forwards, so Moncur has to get in that three in the middle. But Moncur hasn't made an impact in that ten roll this season, I would say. And we don't we're not playing with a ten now this season, in effect, because we've got two number nines up top. So maybe tactically he just isn't he's a good player, but it just doesn't fit into the tactical system that Richie Wellens has at the moment. Or C, he's just not as good as what he was. Which at the moment, I think most fans are thinking he probably isn't because he hasn't made really an impact. I think when we got promoted, there was a lot of excitement around Monker because people were like, oh, Lee 2's a bit more skillful and he'll get a bit more time against better teams to show what he can do. But so far this season, I haven't seen that. Granted, he scored a last-minute goal against Reading, which I thought might be his decisive point in the season. A bit of a turning point for him, yeah. But it hasn't been so, so far. So yeah, we'll say you raised some good questions. It'll be interesting to see now what happens with Graham out because Graham's been the main source of creativity. Now I know Moncora isn't a wide player, 
but I'd be interested to see whether we keep the same system without Graham in that team mm. because Graham's a pretty pivotal member of that system and so Archibald is on the left and that's Archibald's spot now no one's taking that Rob Hunt can play there but probably can't give you 90 minutes of full attacking defensively he's great for you but going forward he's not going to unlock a defence like Graham could so it'd be interesting to see what Richie and his staff do now without Graham as that number 7 or that wide right player and whether that presents Moncur an opportunity to get back into the team somehow so you raised some good questions and I think Moncur gets raised in quite a lot of tweets as well mm. but good questions yeah, thank you. Um, also, Aaron Drynham, while we're on the on the topic as well, desperate for him to score, desperate for him to do well. It's been over a year now since he last scored. 22nd of October, <laughs> 2022 was the last time he scored at Carlisle uh, away last year. That was a tidy finish as well, that goal. Yeah, but he's not the impact sub that we need. He does work hard. That is the one thing that he does do. He does what's asked of him, and that is to close and run down, and he has bags of energy. And it's great to see. Um, so, you know, the question mark is, can we afford to have players that aren't contributing to the... Like, they all contribute to the overall kind of performance of the team. But Aaron Drynan's a striker. He's not scoring goals. George Moncur is meant to be the creative outlet. He's not creating. The shot that he did have went well wide. So, you know, I think there's probably question marks as to their long-term future with us. And I know this sounds harsh, but because we're only sitting here in October, we're 12th in League One, for goodness sake. But it's just, you think, where we need someone up front to be scoring the goals for the chances that we're creating, we've got two players, potentially, that I think aren't helping us to deliver on that. I think Richie, I think if Richie Reynolds was sitting next to you, he'd absolutely shoot you down for your comment on Dryden. I think that... Um... Moncur, I agree with you. I think something's not quite right with Moncur. I don't think Moncur will be at Orient Pass next summer. Drynan only recently signed, was it a three-year deal? A long-term deal. He lo- he loves Drynan. He loves his work rate. So I don't I don't think the fact that Drynan isn't scoring is a major problem for Richie Wellens at all. He, he, he might think differently. Go Actually, yeah, Paul, like, his goal return isn't good enough. But I think the way he speaks about Drynan in every post-match, because he's critical of some players, Richie... Mm. I've never heard Richie be critical of Dryden. Like in respect of not scoring the goal, I think he sees Dryden as someone who can work so hard for him and put pressure on defences, and that's his job more than to score goals. I think Ruel is a different expectation on Ruel. Probably Piggott to a certain extent. I think for Dryden, I don't think Dryden would be going anywhere okay. for the foreseeable. But interesting. Richie Welling, to have to get you down in Oriental Podcast Towers to answer some of these some of these questions Dryden's goal return is, is poor though for a forward Three, he's not scored for, for in a forward. year and a week 53 weeks he's not scored granted there was a period in January where he didn't really play much but by and large he's played and he does work hard don't get me wrong he does you're right he does all the chasing and all of that but at the end of the day he's a striker and we need to see some goals even if it's only a handful we need to see because goals change games. And finally, um, not to consume too much of this, but if we're not going to win a game, just make sure you don't lose it. Yeah, which is what uh, we did. Uh, which is what we did do. Uh, and when all it's said and done, we're exactly mid-table. We're doing okay. We've won as many as we've drawn as many as we've lost. A few tweaks in our side. I think we'll be looking up the table and not down it. So 
really still lots of positives to be talking about. Yeah, I, mean, I got very serious there for five minutes. That's proper in-depth. That's what we do. That's proper in-depth there. For me, my my uh, points are quite short and sweet. I think you've got to respect the point on this one. I think, bear in mind that they should have taken some of their chances. Uh, but I do get the feeling if we had like a Colby Bishop or a Devante Cole or like a Paul Marlott, like someone who's going to get you 20 goals a season, it would be different. Now, I, if anyone's listened to our podcast, I've said enough times that Richie Wenders' system isn't going to get you at 20 goal season striker playing as a lone forward, but I think this system's slightly different and I think the chances we're creating, someone of genuine quality, League One, could probably get you 15 to 20 this season. Well, on average, if he keeps fit, we'll probably get somewhere now between 10 and 15. Piggott, maybe between 5 and 10. That's probably good enough for a mid-table league team. But it's the teams how which go up who are going to have those players who can unlock a defence and, and really do damage. I see a lot of people say, oh, we're crying out for a big striker. He wasn't given a strike and he's asked for one now. Whether he has or not, I don't think anyone really knows because unless anyone's got a, a tap into the email trail between... Richie Wellens and Nigel Travis, mm-hmm. no one's going to know the truth or extent of that. But I do think we're that one quality, quality number nine away from being a real force to be reckoned with. But these number nines aren't cheap. Where do you find them? Who would people want? Piggott's on decent money because he ripped up his contract at Ipswich to come here. Drynan will be on decent money, I think. Signing a deal. Money doesn't grow on trees. To get, to get one of those... To get a proper, proper good forward in, someone of a high earning stature is going to have to come out of that squad. Maybe Monker. Possibly. Other than that, Piggott's just signed at the club. He ain't going nowhere. Satiri isn't going nowhere. Drana's not going anywhere. So we don't know where people think this legendary number nine is going to come in from. Mm-hmm. Or who that number nine like would be. I've got no idea who that would be at the moment. Who's available? Who's affordable? But, you know, Richie's not stupid. Martin isn't stupid. They've all not stupid. They'll know. They'll have a list. They'll have a list. So we'll we'll keep an eye uh, on that one. Jordan Graham, terrible. He's been sublime the last couple of weeks. We obviously wish him all the best at Orient Outlet Podcast Towers. We were lucky enough to meet him after Shrewsbury. Seems to be really enjoying his football. Had a great game on Tuesday night. Real, real bad for him. Looks like a real bad one. Solbrin, yeah, pretty short this week. Two good performances. Another clean sheet. Satiriu, I'm not going to repeat what you've said. He's got to do better. Two big chances this week. We could have been talking about two wins had he uh, done better. Moncur, you've already said what everyone else was thinking. It's lovely stuff. All in all, I think it sounds like our views have been quite critical, but I think we actually had a pretty yeah. all right week. We didn't lose. Didn't win. Yep. Granted, but I think it's always half full here Kept as opposed cheap. to half empty. And I think you've raised some good good talking points. Frustrating week, I think, in some, it is. In some aspects. But I think we've played well. I'd be more concerned if we weren't playing well and Great getting point. the results. Mm. Their draws, and they've not been lucky draws, they've been draws where we deserved at least a point in both those games. We're annoyed because we haven't got more than a point based on the performances. So, frustrating, but look, move on. Comfortable yeah. in 12. So Still lots to be positive yes, about. Yes, absolutely. Um, Just score bloody goals real and hit the target midfielders and occur. Whatever's going on, sweet yourself out. It'll be fine. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> No small ask there. So those were our views. MS Orient kicks off the fan views this week. Said massive chunk of budget spent on the midfield in the summer, but we're massively struggling in that area to score goals also. Why was so much money spent on a midfield and not in the final third? Last season we needed a goal scorer. Top priority for January. Dave Brew, 4797 
I said, please withdraw. My concern about Graham's injury. What I will say about scoring a goal is we did sign someone in the summer who was supposed to lead that line, who scored 16 goals in a very weak team in League 2 last season, mm. who we were all excited about, who hasn't played one minute of League 1 football this season. Yeah. And if he was on the pitch, it could be a very different season. So we know Dan Agi, January, February, whatever. It's going to be a long time until he gets back to full fitness. So we could have the guy in the building ready and waiting. Yeah. But that's a long time away. It's a long there's time not away. that much left of the season by when you're talking. Well, it's a long time again, but again, Dan actually wouldn't have been cheap. He would have had other clubs scout. We know he had other clubs that were sniffing around in League One, I think maybe the Championship, I think, if I remember rightly from what Richie had said. He wouldn't have been cheap either. So again, mm. big money being spent on players if they're not fit enough, if they're not fit, there's only so much Richie could do with the resources he has at hand. Mm. Miss Vigaru said, We looked as deflated as a neglected ball, and probably rightly so. Just hope it's not ACL tear for Graham. As a doctor, I see those every day, and it would be a season ending injury for him, a season changing event for the club. Given the circumstances, it's a good point away from home. Oh, Miss Vigaru's a doctor. Well, lovely to see we uh, attract such established and esteem uh, members of society. <laughs> Adam Reeves, too, said, This game just highlights where our problems are. Such a good team but not enough end product. Says it all when our top scorer arguably isn't good enough if you want to progress in this league. And Moncur just does not want to see to get fit. LDP King said, both teams had no League One quality in the final third. It be it will be the same all season. Some will go in, but not enough to win us matches to get the top 10. But we will comfortably stay up, which is the main aim. We need to invest in League One quality over the summer. Wellens is working miracles. Super Richie Wellens, Daniel underscore D44 said, Happy Cooper and James, absolutely superb. Graham's injury really did blunt us. Hope he's okay, but it didn't look good. Don't think it's easy being a O's centre forward, but we do really need to improve in that area. E10 underscore rifle said, We're crying out for a couple of goal scorers. Until that's addressed, we'll struggle to win games. Ruel and Drinan are clearly not good enough. Get rid and replace ASAP. We are so lucky to have Welland, so for goodness sake, give him the tools to do the job. I can't read out what you have. <laughs> Biffo props, and look at the table with its perfect symmetry. 12, halfway. 1-5, drawn 5, lost 5. And 20 of the magic 49 points are in the bag. Not a bad position for a newly promoted team to find itself in as the clocks go back. Very good point. You and Carter, 25, said it was a good point. Nothing much in the game. I could be wrong, but this is us screwed with Graham out for the season. The only player who puts the ball in the box to make a chance happen. The goals to replace Smith is not back until January, and Drinnen and Piggott are not good enough. Moncur getting subbed on, then subbed off, is embarrassing, to say the least. I rest my case. Um, I think you've missed out um, Theo Archibald there. He, he also put some decent crosses in. Uh, the box you in as well so we're not completely without but you're right Jordan Graham's quality will definitely be missed it will be Simon G Cooper so my worry is the Graham's injury is season defining like Tom James's was two years ago hopefully we've got the strength and depth to cope and it's a very different Orient now but he's been our key attacking threat this season Orient underscore Ed said not a game that will live long in the memory we didn't create much if anything but I thought Piggott done okay and Tom James was brilliant in defence heartbroken for Jordan Graham I really hope he's okay and he makes a full recovery, however long it takes. An ultimate tweet, and this one goes to the Tipping Tim. He said, have him walk to and from the ground, and then walk to and from the chippy while waiting at Tamworth. I'm confident that I've done more steps than George Moncur has done today. <laughs> he 
He's probably eating more chips though. Where do I collect my weekly wages? Question mark. Yeah, final word goes to Andy underscore PO sixteen who said Neil Neil was more than a fair more than a fair result. Or it were better in the first half, Albion in the second, but it was a poor game. Gutted for Jordan Graham. Not often you see a player in that much genuine pain. Going forward, we just need to be more clinical and take a chance. Love the drum. It creates such a good atmosphere. So those are all tweets that came into us this week at Orient Outlook Podcast Tower. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any that have been read out. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook. You can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com if you're not on socials. You can also give us a follow on Instagram at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. So you give us a follow on Facebook Orient Outlook Podcast. Yep, so the Prediction League, only Safe Hand 0 correctly predicted that we would get nil nil. So, so picked up the full three points that were available there. So that means the top of the Prediction League has changed. It now looks like this. 16 points at Rio underscore Orient. Uh, 13 points, Charlie underscore Paul and Dave Brew, 47976911. And in with 12 points just behind them is that tall O's fan last year's prediction league winner thanks to everyone who correctly uh, who sent in their predictions and thank you all for taking the time to do that great stuff so moving on to Sunday the 29th of October the ladies were due to be in action but their fixture against the Comets was called off due to a waterlogged pitch so no action today for the ladies so one hour with 12 slightly longer than what I thought this would uh, episode would be it's time to wrap this one Sorry, up. just before you do fan, uh, the fancy football, I have to say, I looked up the league table for the ladies. I think that was third versus fourth or fourth versus fifth. That was that would that would have been a pretty decent fixture if the ladies' game had gone ahead. So that that's a shame, but I'm sure that'll get rearranged. So how are we doing in the fancy oh, football? Oh, it's very, very tight. It's two points between first and second in fantasy football. So Brendan Pitcher is top on 698 points. Behind him... On 696 points is Glenn Wood, and at 690 points is Kay Saito. So, eight points between the top three. However, I'm 315th out of 374 oh, players. Oh, that's better. Uh, slightly, yeah, slightly. So, we'll see. 15 places. We'll is, see. That, is that all the points from today's end as well? Looks like it. Okay. Looks like it. So, very tight at the top there. We'll obviously keep you posted on that one. So, positives and negatives. Of the week, Mr. Bearded Lajande, you can do positives. Let's do that then. So we've got two hard-fought away draws this week. Uh, we've got the clean sheet against Burton uh, as well. And having uh, sort of Darren Prattley back as well. Others uh, having been out for a while, according to Rich's update. Uh, sorry, uh, Rich's post-match gave an update on those. So there should be some cl- quite close to returning as well, the likes of Max Sanders uh, as well. So it's good that slowly they're getting out of the treatment room. And I'm sure Keaton's quite pleased. Lovely stuff. Negatives this week. Obviously, the top one and one that's been very concerning is Jordan Graham's injury. So, wishing Jordan all the best once again. Second negative is not scoring enough goals, not being clinical yeah. in the opposition's box. And the last negative was Ed Turns picking up his fifth yellow card, meaning he meant the recent game against Burton, which is now obviously been and gone. So, so that hero of the week. On. Yeah, hero of the week this week, unanimous in our thought processes here. So, without further ado, it is. Jordan Graham. So like we said, we wish Jordan Graham all the best. We didn't even need a poll this week. He was outstanding on Tuesday. And obviously with what happened on Saturday, we wanted to give a hero of the week to Jordan. So next week's fixtures, only the one coming up. And we take a break from league action. It's the first round proper of the FA Cup. We all love it. And we've been drawn at home to Carlisle United. They obviously came up with us last season. We obviously played them uh, a week or two ago. 
They currently find themselves 21st in League One. They lost at the weekend. They lost one little away to Cambridge United on Saturday. Good opportunity there to progress into the second round, I'd say. Yeah, a really good opportunity. It won't be a pushover, though. Could be easier tyres, but one, you go Correct. look at home, team below you in the league, one, one struggling you, you a little fancy, bit. Yeah, at home. home. Long journey for them to come down as well to London. Indeed. Indeed it is. Sponsorship reminder, so don't forget, get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists. You can call them on 0208 529 4130. You can get in touch with them on socials, Carol Langley E4 or Essex Biz on Twitter. They're on Instagram, Carol Langley Florist. Carol has got an E at the end of it. And just search Carol Langley Florist, three separate words on Facebook. So that is it, everyone. Thanks for joining us for episode 334. Two away games and two draws in the week. So I'll take two points from a possible six against difficult opposition. And you've got to remember there are no easy fixtures in this league. Losing Jordan Graham. Big blow for the O's, but warming up as do have a chance to step up and provide for the strikers. And we take a break from league action, like we said, next week. Well, well, for the next two games, actually, which gives Richie and the staff opportunities to give minutes to players who need it and time to figure out a solution to hopefully help us score more goals. And we'll be here next week talking, hopefully, about a win and getting through to the second round of the FA Cup draw on next week's Orient Outlook podcast. Yeah, so if you're listening on iTunes, as we mentioned earlier, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating. We'd appreciate that. We've got 105 ratings now. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget you can rate the show. There is a new option on there. We've now got 106 ratings to which we are grateful to every single one of you. Or you can even leave a comment on each episode, so please do so if you get a chance. And don't forget to follow us or add us to your favourites on your chosen podcast provider. And that way you'll get all the episodes as soon as they're available. We're also on Smart Speakers, Fan Hub app, and we're also on YouTube. So if your preferred method is visual, there's no video of us recording this. It's (laughs) just, thank God for your pleasure, Um, it's just our voices. That is enough for you. So listening to us could not be easier. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, an Orient chum, someone who's new to Orient, someone who likes football podcasts, grab their phone, help them download it, and please do pass on this podcast. So we'll be back with episode 335 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. We look forward to hearing from you. As always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, yeah. And listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Uh-huh.